I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Today, we have a special guest who I am sure you are familiar with by now because she has been on the podcast before. She actually joined me around this time last year. It was summer of 2019 and Taylor Kaiser joined me on the show and we chatted about HA or hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery because that's something that her and I had both gone through and we actually connected through that whole journey. Um, We connected in an HA recovery Facebook support group, actually. So Taylor is back on the show this week for the second time. And she is back and now also an author of a book. So Taylor and I, we chat about her new book, Eat the Cookie, The Imperfectionist's Guide to Food, Faith, and Fitness. So just like the title of today's podcast episode, this is Taylor's approach to how she healed her relationship with food and her body, really leaning on her faith and her spiritual practice. So I absolutely love this episode and we dive through her new book, like I said, and we go through some of the chapters and some of the sections within here. And also part of her book are recipes and workouts. So I actually have her book right next to me right now and I'm flipping through it. And these recipes just sound absolutely incredible. And I will be making some very soon for sure. And if you listen to the end of the episode, you'll hear that Taylor has a special offering for all of you. She's actually giving away free signed copies of her book if you register for her Women's Health Summit. So if you're interested in that, we do talk about that at the end of today's episode. So stay tuned until the end. I provided the link for the registration for the summit in the show notes. So you can go directly there, register for the summit, learn from a team or a panel of incredible women, and also get a signed copy of Taylor's book. So I highly recommend going that route. I also included a um, link for you to actually go and purchase Taylor's book from her. I am so excited for you to get your hands on this book and also just listen to today's episode. So before we actually dive in, I just 
want to give you a little bit of a heads up here and some insight on what's happening in my life right now and why the quality of today's episode actually isn't um, my best. So apologies here. Um, I was recording this episode with Taylor while we had a crew up to our house Our house, the exterior, is actually getting painted right now. And to prep the house for painting, they actually had to sand the outside of the house. And it was really loud on my end when Taylor and I were recording, but we kind of double checked. I asked her if she could hear anything. She didn't couldn't hear anything. So I just thought we were good to go. So totally my bad. So we continued to record. We recorded the entire episode. And if it was up to me, I totally would re-record this episode. So the quality was better for you all. But Taylor's Women's Health Summit is actually happening next week. So I want to be sure that you hear this episode in time, register for the Health Summit and, you know, get your free copy from Taylor. So with all that being said, I do apologize for the quality of today's episode. Um, It's definitely not my best. So apologies there. And the sanding noise isn't um, super bad throughout the whole episode, but about 20 minutes into my chat with Taylor, um, it becomes pretty aggressive. So (laughs) I apologize and I hope you can still enjoy this episode and take away everything that you need to from this. Um, This is going to be great for you if you are currently moving through eating disorder recovery or disordered eating recovery, hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery. This is for you ladies and I know you're going to love it. So again, apologies for the quality there next week. That will not be an issue. Um, So I'm sorry about that. But enjoy the episode and don't forget to go into the show notes and either grab your copy of Taylor's book or register for her summit to get your free copy. Hey, Taylor. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you on again. Thanks for having me back. So pumped to be here. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of time has passed since we last recorded. I actually, we recorded last summer. So here we are like a year later. Crazy how time flies. Yeah. A lot has happened between now and then. And one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you back on the show is you are now an author. I know. I feel so surreal to say that. So exciting. So kind of like reflecting back to last time you were on the show, were you writing your book at that point? Yeah, because I've been writing it for, oh gosh, I think two years now. So I was writing it or probably just finishing it at that point, honestly. Wow. Hey, it's such a huge process. Long process. More than I ever imagined. Did you enjoy writing like the manuscript? 
There were, I mean, yes and no. Like there were days where like the words came naturally and I was like, oh, this is so amazing. But then like we, I had a word count that I had to hit and then I had done the book and I was like, I have no more words in me. Now what? And then it was time to like, okay, now I really got to do the, the grunt work of like figuring out how to expand. How can I hit my word count? But also like make it not just like filler content, you know? So there were good days and bad days like anything in the world. Yeah. So would you write another one? I'm sure people ask me this all the time. I think if it was like a topic that I felt really strong about and like I really had a heart for, like of, of course, but it would have to like feel like the right fit. Like I would still never do a cookbook. People ask me all the time, but like I think, I think I probably would if it felt like a really good topic. Yeah, it's kind of like when people have babies and then they're like, oh, are you going to have another one? <laughs> Here I am asking you if you're going to write another book. Yeah, it's exactly like I. I don't know. I would yeah. say yes, but I wouldn't say no. Yeah. So it wasn't like a horrible experience because no, I know no. some authors where they're like, that was so challenging and like it sucked the life out of me. So it's good to know that you had a positive experience mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. It was okay. challenging, but and some days it did suck the life out of me, but it was also like really like almost healing and also just like it allowed me to grow as a person in my, you know, in my faith since it's a faith-based book. And I think there was a lot of growth with it too, which was really cool. So let's talk about that. So you said this is a faith-based book and really you really like intertwined your faith in your recovery and like food freedom. And I would love for you to elaborate on that and kind of explain to us how that looked like for you. Yeah, so I think for me, like I said, because I'm coming from like a Christian background, like a lot of my struggles, which I talked about on your, the previous episode that we did, uh, a lot of my struggles were just with insecurity and just like not knowing where my worth was and just feeling like my identity was wrapped up in how I looked and what I ate. And that's really where all my you know disordered eating tendencies came from. Um, and then just going through this recovery and especially writing a book, like I really had to go through the Bible and really find out like, what does God say about me? What what does God say about my worth and my identity and where do those things lie? Um, so coming from that perspective, it really allowed me to heal because I know that my worth is now not in my body or in how I eat. It's in being a child of God. It's being fearfully and wonderfully made. These are all scripture verses that, you know, I cling to. And um, just through my recovery, I was able to like develop that closer relationship with God that I didn't have before because I was constantly thinking about food and exercise in my body. And when you're thinking about those things all the time, you don't really have any space for any other thing. So you're not really able to fill your thoughts with actual, you know, scriptural truth in my case. Um, So just really redefining those things that were the big stumbling blocks for me and developing a healthy body image and relationship with food and finding them in Christ really like to me was like the only way that I could have made that could have made that true for recovery. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. So you did mention about finding your worth and in your book it's kind of like divided into pillars, I guess, right? Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so it's I think the overarching theme in the book is probably perfection just because I think that's what I struggled with with my body and I think just so many women struggle with perfection mm-hmm. and it doesn't show up just in disordered eating as you and I both know it shows up in how you want to be a mom how you you know college your job like how you keep your house like literally everything so that's kind of the overarching like main pillar but then we break it down into little things like 
fear. We talk about worth, identity, social media, comparison, because these are all things that we do to try to make ourselves feel more perfect. Or if we are feeling not perfect, that's when things like fear creep in or if we're feeling less than perfect, our worth and identity gets questioned. So it's kind of like this overarching thing of breaking up with perfection and really seeking excellence. And I think there's like a difference there because I think excellence allows us to have grace. Um, and perfection, there's no grace. We can't have any mistakes or we feel like failures, but then kind of breaking it down into the different way that perfection can manifest itself in our life, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So you mentioned social media and you actually have an entire section all about social media. And since you and I do show up on social media every single day and a large part of our business is on social media, I would assume that that most of the ladies listening to this episode, you know, are also on social media and they've connected with us there. So I think it would be a really great idea to actually maybe break down some really great tangible steps for the ladies listening today who are struggling with their worth or are struggling with striving for perfection and how maybe they can switch up their relationship with social media or how they can start using social media mm-hmm. to address those areas in their life. Totally. So I think like, I think that the chapters call using social media for good. And I do think there is a lot of good in social media, but there's also a lot of negative things. And a lot of times we find ourselves focusing on the negative parts of it, like comparison over like the positives. So I think it's really important to remember that. Like I know we all know, we've heard the phrase, social media is a highlight reel, but so many of us hear it and it goes in one ear and out the other. We're just like, okay, but maybe, maybe that one person who looks perfect, maybe that's not true about that person. Maybe they are actually perfect. But I think it's really important just to remember that like one, no one is perfect. And if, you know, if you're spiritual like me, only God is perfect. Um, so comparing yourself to an imperfect human being is not smart and it's not going to make you feel good about yourself. And then just another thing, like sometimes I think that we're so focused on what other people are posting that we don't think about what we're posting. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of examine your intent behind every single post. You know, for example, I'll never post a picture of me in a bathing suit, not because I'm not body positive, but because I don't want it to be a stumbling block for someone else. And I don't want someone to compare me and I don't want to post something to make myself look good. Like, hey, look at me in this bathing suit. I have, you know, I'm fit, healthy, all these things. So to really examine why you're posting and is it to build yourself up or is it, is it going to tear someone else down and maybe cause them to feel negative about themselves? Because when we're posting things that we think are not about building ourselves up and may actually help someone else, then we're actually using social media for good and we actually feel better about ourselves. It's not taking away from our worth. That makes sense. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. Definitely knowing your why behind yes. posting, right? So I feel like also when it comes to social media, Like something that has really helped me in the past is really taking a serious look of who I'm following. I was going to say, yeah, unfollow. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's so simple, but so important to just unfollow. Yeah. Did you have struggles with um, 
I know this is a struggle for a lot of women is when they're following it's kind of like a bad boyfriend right like they're following this person that they really like and admire and look up to but they just are triggered by them or they like feel shitty about themselves after what would you say to those girls I think it's just important, like, yes, we have those people who are, like, our nasty bad habits that we're kind of, like, addicted to, like, our guilty pleasure or whatever you want to say, but it's really important to, like, take care of your own mental, spiritual, physical health first and before, like, you know, trying to go and find those things on social media. So if someone is causing you to feel negatively about yourself or just to feel like you're worth our values in question, like, it's always more important to unfollow them, like, at first it might feel like almost like that withdrawal like oh my gosh I don't have this person anymore but eventually I think the more that you distance yourself from this person that you're following the better you'll feel about yourself and then you won't even remember that you were following that mm-hmm. person in the first place eventually it's like anything it's like getting over a boyfriend like it takes time but you just have to rip the band-aid off yeah totally and I know you'd probably agree with this is like if we let go of those people like or unfollow them we're creating more space in our life for things that actually will make us feel really good and like you said when you were healing your relationship with food you thought about food less and it allowed you more time to devote to your relationship with God. Yeah, right? Totally. I think, I think people aren't really aware of just how much like social media or following like quote unquote toxic people really can just weigh you down mentally mm-hmm. until you actually stop doing it. And you actually experience like the true like freedom and being able to think about other things is it's so much deeper than we even you know think just scrolling through Instagram Mm -hmm. I always notice it when I go on like a vacation or go traveling with my friends for a period of time and then I'm like oh I didn't actually realize how much I was consuming until I was away from my phone totally and I'm so guilty of that always scrolling and then you know I take a, so, a Saturday off and I'm like oh, I can breathe this is yeah nice. yeah so setting those boundaries for sure right yeah. so if someone's listening right now Taylor and they're like wow I this really speaks to me and I feel like something is missing from my eating disorder recovery or from my journey of healing my relationship with food and they want to integrate some more faith-based practices into their journey where could they start what would be some recommendations you'd have yeah so I think one of the things that I did like this was back I started this like when I was in the hospital so I was 13 this is almost you know 17 years ago now um I started the scripture journal so it's I still have the same journal that I started I just went and like I Google wasn't really a thing back then, so I actually had to do the work of like looking through the Bible. But you could Google it now. Like, what does the Bible say about, for example, insecurity? What does the Bible say about identity? And then just find some verses that like just really speak to you. Write them down because we all know that writing them, writing things down, just like helps us remember things. Mm-hmm. And then I still have these verses, and there's like 20 of them. And I read, I like, I read them to myself, or read them to myself every single morning. I've memorized them now because it's been 17 years. But if you just read them to yourself every morning it takes five minutes it just sets one you're like doing the work of finding scriptures right for me i just find that that's really helpful and then just reminding yourself every single day and starting your day with like these positive thoughts these positive like scripture-based thoughts 
um, for me has been really helpful. And then a couple other tips, um, like your favorite scriptures that you find, I have them set to pop up on my phone like, mm. every couple hours. It's like, you know, you can set an event. So just like setting an event with like a scripture and just like says it. And then like, oh, my phone's vibrating. And it's like a positive reinforcement. That's a really simple ways that you can just get more scripture into your life. I really like that. So since you do have them memorized, what are some of your favorite ones? So my favorite is um, Matthew 6, 25, which says, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. It's not life more important than food and body more important than clothes. Love that one for obvious reasons. Yeah. Just reinforcing that we're not, you know, we're more than just food and clothes. Like we're people in Christ. So that's one of my favorite ones. Um, and then I love a math, Matthew eleven twenty eight, which just says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Um, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just because I feel like sometimes in this day and age, everything feels heavy. Um, social media, if you can feel heavy, not even just like topics talked about, but just being on it our worth and insecurity feels heavy and just to remember that it just reminds me that if something feels heavy it's not from Christ and I have to like do the work of kind of laying that down on his feet and trusting that everything is going to be okay so important yeah I love those so much okay so we talked somewhat about the pillars that you integrated into your book and focused on. So that's kind of like the layout of your book, right? So we talked about worth. We talked about social media. Are there any ones that you think are really important that we should, I mean, they're all important, but any ones that you'd really like to touch on in this podcast episode because they were like game changers for you? I think control, because I think that so many people, not just women, but, you know, this is more for women, this book and this podcast, I think. Totally. Um, so many women <laughs> deal with control and just, like, wanting to be in control. And one thing that, like, I really learned when I was writing the book is that control is almost like a sign of fear. Because when we are afraid of something, then we kind of go into, like, over-control mode because we're so afraid of, like, what will happen if we don't. Um, so I think that's just really important, like... I talk in the book, like when you're feeling like you need to control, it's almost like your check engine light. And this is a faith-based book. It's like to go to, to God because God is not the author of fear and trying to be in control because he is in control. So it's almost like, that was like a big takeaway for me. It's like when I'm feeling fearful or like I need to control something, then something is almost like awry in my life. I'm trying to do something that is maybe bigger than me and just maybe not something that I should be focusing on. I should be giving it up into prayer and moving on with my life. Um, so I just think that really can speak to someone about trying to just give up the control. It's hard, but just to know that it's usually a fear response and fear is just false evidence appearing real. Mm, I really like that too, because I've definitely struggled with control too, for sure. So you would just recommend that we give that up, right? I mean, of course, it's, I wish it was that easy. Yeah. Like, how would that look like in an actual situation? So let's say, because I know in the past, this is something that both you and I were like very controlly about is eating like the quote unquote perfect meal or abiding to like our macro ratios yeah. or whatever. Right. So how could that play out in real life for another woman who's currently struggling with that? Yes, I think like the, the only way through it is to go through it, 
which is like the hardest thing. But I think one thing that I really work on, you know, with women that I coach and with myself is like, when you're trying to think, when you're thinking of like giving up something or letting go of control of some area of your life, and if we're talking scripturally, like it's important, I I find that I journal like, okay, where has God shown up in my life in the past? Like where are areas where, you know, God like really provided? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to relate to macros or food or like whatever your struggle is. And just kind of make a list of these are areas where God took care of me. And then when we're looking back, like as people, we, I think we're so easy or readily easy, whatever. We're so apt to look at the negatives and to think about all the negative outcomes that could happen if we give up control of something. But if we force ourselves to think about the areas where God is taking care of us, we can realize that God is, you know, the same today as he was in those times when he took care of us. So if we're thinking about doing the scary thing of giving up the control of, you know, like we talked about macros or whatever it is, he's going to take care of us in the future. Like he's going to provide a way for us to, to be okay, to give up that control and for us to go through and do it. And then once you do it and you realize one, he took care of you and two, you didn't die. It makes things a lot easier. Mm, I love that so much. Yeah. And that's like such a really great example for someone if they're currently struggling with that for sure. Yeah, um, control is such a huge one. And now the final one is like walking the walk. So oh, yeah. what did that look like for you, hun? So it was really cool, actually, because I actually got the book, like whatever it's called, the book. I agreed to write the book or whatever um, when I was still struggling. And I wasn't coming to freedom. And then it was like actually like I was, uh, what's the word I was like pitching it out when I was still trying to find freedom but then I actually got the publishing deal like right after I started to my recovery so it's actually really cool because that last chapter the walk, walk into freedom wasn't going to be a part of the book um when I was pitching it out and then when I got it I was in a completely different spot so it was really cool to be able to write like this is where I was and now this is where I'm at and this is like how I'm moving forward um so yeah, that was a really cool thing. But what does that look like now? I think it's just, like I said, continually seeking God, continually seeking just give up that control to use that sense of wanting to control as my check engine light and checking in. And I still start my day every single day with scripture and time with, you know, listening to a sermon just because I know if I don't, um, I will fall, you know, pray back into the enemy and back into food control and those kinds of things. And it's also about giving myself a whole lot of grace because I believe that that's what you know Jesus would give us is grace um, and just trying to really focus on the excellence and you know still trying to do well do well by myself do well by everyone else but knowing that if I make a mistake or that's okay like and I think that's something that I never used to be okay with because I was always searching for that perfection so I think it's just really focusing on um, not being perfect that makes sense. I'm being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, that really is like an overarching theme of the book for sure. And I'm so happy that you included that theme or that chapter in the book, because I feel like when, and I'd love your opinion on this and for you to chime in, but I feel like when we're struggling, we tend to do all these practices that are really beneficial for ourselves, right? But then when we start feeling better, and this doesn't have to go for just like healing our relationship with food. It can literally be like if you're dealing with digestive issues or something, it's like you're doing all the things to support good digestion. And then once you start feeling better, you just kind of let those slip or whatever. Right. And I've noticed that for myself, it's like, 
I was doing yoga every day, every morning. And I was like, this feels so good. And like, you know, I was doing these hip opening poses and just feeling so good. And then I went on a trip and when you're traveling, you know, your good habits kind of fall to the side. And then I never really got back into it. And now I'm like, I'm feeling off and I'm trying to get back into that groove now right and yeah, so, it's so funny because I have the same story I was doing yoga every single morning and then I stopped oh my gosh are you back I, into it no no I know and I seriously during the winter I was looking forward to it every single morning and now I'm just kind of like why is this so difficult for me to get back I into I feel the same. I didn't tell you wanted to hijack your crush I just thought it was funny because I was dealing with the same thing but That's so funny. So speaking of moving our bodies, I just want to let everyone know that there's two other parts to this. So you're sharing your story, you're sharing practices and kind of like assignments. Right. But then there's also workouts and recipes in here. So tell us how that fits in. Yeah, so I mean, my my blog, Instagram, whatever, is Food, Faith, Fitness. So I truly wanted to do like a Food, Faith, and Fitness book. I mean, it's 90% faith, but we still have, I am a personal trainer, so every every chapter ends with like a exercise that you can do. There's cardio, there's weights, um, and then each, like you said, each chapter also has a recipe, and we kind of like walk you through your day in terms of the recipes, like the first two are breakfast, and then we have lunch next week, then we have dinner and dessert and like pre and post workout, just so you can really, because I truly believe in health and a body, mind and soul approach. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we should just look at our minds or just look at our bodies, but I think we need to look at like a whole person. I think that's the downfall of a lot of like health influences or just looking at your six pack or, you know, whatever your body looks like. But I think that we have to look at it all. And so I set the book up to look at the same way. That's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about those recipes because I've been flipping through them and I'm like, these look so good. So give us some of your favorites. And like, I know you create recipes all the time, but I'm sure these recipes in this book are pretty special to you. Yeah, they definitely are. So but my favorite one is my boy brownies in there, just because they come with a story because I've literally made them for every single boyfriend I've ever had. So I, <laughs> I told my husband, he was like devastated because I obviously made them for him and I thought he was the only one. But they're very delicious. They like back in the day, they were made from like a cake mix and I made them to be like healthy, gluten-free, whatever um, in the book. So that's my favorite one. And then I also really like um, that there's like an apricot chicken in there mm-hmm. it's kind of like a moroccan flavored which is just like i don't know why it's near and dear to my heart it just i know we've been to morocco but we're going in the summer hopefully but i just love the flavors and it's just like a really easy simple like dinner that feels like really fancy um and i'm all about that kind of like restaurant feel but like in five minutes it was yeah i saw that recipe and i was so excited to see it's it because good. that's always something that had like caught my eye whenever i see a recipe for it but i'm like why have I never made something like this before? So that'll be definitely one of the first recipes that I make. Oh, you just let me know how it is. I love it. Yeah, for sure I will. And I'll post pictures and stuff like that. I actually have a like personal 2020 kind of like goal for myself or challenge. I was feeling like I was just like stuck in a rut, not a rut, but like just kind of like making 
the same foods the same way all the time. It's like whenever I would have chicken, I would make it like this. And when I had broccoli, I would make it like this. So I was like, I need to find like different ways to you know, enjoy my chicken or my salmon or whatever. So I've actually been challenging myself throughout 2020 to make one new recipe at least every single week um, from someone else or creating my own. And it's been really fun. So I am definitely going to be integrating your recipes into this challenge. So I'll let you know. Um, But now, Taylor, what else is going on in your life? And now that your book's out, like, what's going on? Yeah, so the book's out, which is exciting. And then we have a health summit, which is coming up on June 23rd. Um, So basically, that's going to be, there's a bunch of registered dietitians who, um, like, um, work also in functional medicine. Um, so we're going to be talking about gut health. We're going to be talking about hormone health and, you know, managing PMS and all those kinds of things, thyroid health, what to look for and how to diagnose any kind of thyroid issues. I'm also bringing my therapist, my old therapist back, you know, in there, she's a faith-based therapist, just to kind of talk about, um, body image and eating disorders and overcoming those things. And then my mom is also coming too to talk about dealing with, um, like children with eating disorders and like what to look for. Cause I think, that's not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so if anyone wants to join that, um, if you join, you get a free signed copy of my book. So that's exciting. Yeah. So that's good. There's a, there's a, I can send you the link to sign up or whatever if you want to put it in the show notes, but that will be coming up soon. So that's exciting. Yeah, we'll definitely include that link in the show notes. Man, a signed copy, a free signed copy. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. All the ladies are going to get in on that for sure. I hope so. Yeah. So last time I would have asked you what it means to you to be unbreakable, but what are some practices that you're doing in your life right now that really allow you to feel unbreakable every single day? Yeah. So like I said, starting in the morning with my scripture and like my time with Jesus is like a non-negotiable. Um, that would probably be my biggest thing as a, you know, a Christian woman is that you know, having that close relationship with Christ for me helps me feel unbreakable. Um, also, like, I, don't, I mean, I really like to lift weights. I think that makes me feel unbreakable just because it makes me feel really strong and powerful. Totally. And I'm doing it in a way that isn't to, like, change my body, but just to make me feel active and fit and healthy. Um, so those two, and this is, like, another really basic one, but eating a really good breakfast makes me feel unbreakable. I know you and I talked about, like, eating really early and, like, getting up and eating. It just makes me, like gives me energy which helps me feel unbreakable so really just learning how to nourish my body mind and soul is just really what's helping me feel unbreakable awesome and I totally feel you on the lifting weights thing and like working out it just you just feel like so you can move through life so much stronger but not just like physically stronger you know what I mean yeah builds up like your mindset too because like I guess maybe because you're like hurting and you're like pushing through and then you're like I can do this in life too and it all all intertwines yeah definitely and just curious since we're both breakfast lovers what is your current favorite breakfast that you just can't get enough of right now so many favorites my favorite (laughs) forever will always be my cauliflower protein oats and then lately I have been putting like frozen blueberries and like cream cheese in it so it's like a little like cheesecakey thing so that will be my favorite perfect I also have to try that I was going to try and I went on your website and it wasn't there 
and yeah I saw you recently posted it right so but this was like months and months ago so awesome well we can link that up for everyone too because I'm sure everyone wants to try some like veggie packed oatmeal right yeah it was so cold here today and I was craving oats so it was a cold June day but anyways thank you so much for coming on the show again Taylor it's always a blast to sit down and chat with you yeah I always love it thank you so much for having me back of course